Well, amen. Let's open to Psalm 142. Psalm 142. <clears throat> In your Bibles. We'll read this in just a moment here. Uh, but I wonder, have you ever found yourself in situations like David has? Here in Psalm 142, the heading says that this is a mashil of David. That is, it's a poem of David. Some believe that this term means uh, a wisdom, a wisdom psalm. And since they are all poems, uh, kind of led to think that probably it was dealing with wisdom. In fact, the King James translators put a footnote in saying it means giving of, a, a giving of instruction. And the heading then says that it was a prayer when he was in the cave. And having just come from Gath, uh, the hometown of Goliath, David comes to the cave of Adullam. And he's running from the King Saul, who is trying to kill him. And he's running out of places to hide now. Uh, he's running out of friends. And so he tries the king's enemies. I, I love Max Lucado's description of this time and the setting for the psalm as well as, uh, as, well as Psalm 57, which has a similar heading. Uh, Max Lucado in Facing Your Giants says, David gets worse before he gets better. He escapes to Gath, the hometown of Goliath. He tries to forge a friendship based on mutual adversity. If your enemy is Saul and my enemy is Saul, we become friends, Right? In this case, wrong. Uh, the Gittites aren't hospitable, and David panics. He's a lamb in a pack of wolves. He pretends to be insane, scratching on doors and drooling down his beard, and finally they shove him out of the city gates and leave him with nowhere to go. Can you relate to David's story? Are you seeking refuge in Gath? Boy, what a great point right there, amen. Are we trying to seek refuge in the enemy's home? He continues and says, but in the cave of Adullam, David gathers himself. Here he sits, all alone. But then he remembers, he's not. He's not alone. The faithful shepherd boy surfaces again. The giant killer rediscovers his courage. He returns his focus to God and finds refuge. Refuge surfaces as a favorite word of David's. The introduction to the Psalm 57 explains its background, a psalm of David when he, when he fled from Saul into the cave, a different type of uh, time that he fled, or I mean, uh, the, possibly the same time, uh, but a different psalm. Uh, he said, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. In the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge. Wilderness survivors find refuge in God's presence. They also discover community among God's people. And David is a magnet for marginal people. And uh, so David creates a community of God-seeking misfits. He goes from Gath to the wilderness to Adullam, from folly to loneliness to restoration. And David found all three. Are you in the wilderness? Find refuge in God's presence. Find comfort in his people. Amen, isn't that good? I thought that was a blessing. I wanted to share it with you. Now David writes this psalm, Psalm 142, having found himself in this cave. The Bible says in verse number one, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. <coughs> I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. 
In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me? Have they privately laid a snare for me? I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. The first four verses, in the first four verses, we can see uh, Roman number one, the lies of discouragement. How often when we are discouraged, we believe the lies of the devil plants into our hearts. I have been advised many times, and I will advise you as well, never make a life-changing decision when you're discouraged. It's not the time to make life-changing decisions. And David did the right thing with the lies, though. He brought them to the Lord. Verse 1 again, he says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed, be, I showed before him my trouble. And when we're facing these situations in life, we need to be sure to bring our complaint to God. He loves us, and he doesn't mind you complaining to him. Uh, he listens, and he's patient. In fact, he prefers you bring them to him than someone else. Amen? Uh, no sense in discouraging someone else. And David said he shows all of his trouble to the Lord. And what are the lies that David faced? First of all, letter A, he, we, he faced, uh, he, the first lie of discouragement he faced was that he was overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed. Verse 3, he says, my, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. The truth is, he could handle anything that the Lord allowed in his life. Uh, he wasn't really overwhelmed. Uh, but like David, we often feel like it's just too much, don't we? But the truth is, the Lord knows where we are, and he knows what we're facing. And David said, then thou knewest my path. He knew exactly where he was. The Lord knew. There's no need to be overwhelmed when God is right there with us. Amen? When we were on vacation, the kids went swimming in the resort's pool there as often as they could. And Ellie doesn't know how to swim yet and uh, completely, and so she wears a flotation device on her. And while I was with them, uh, one of the times we went, I, I held on to Ellie and I took off the float. And I placed my hand underneath her belly and uh, had her practice kicking and moving her arms to keep her afloat. And she did really well. Uh, but at times she would panic a little bit. Isn't that just like us? Uh, we know that God has us, but when it feels like the waters will overwhelm us, we panic. No, we need to trust that God knows and that we are in his hands, and he's able to keep us. What other lies did he believe? Let her be there. Uh, he would be caught. He believed he would be caught. You can continue in that verse. He says, in the way where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. His eyes were on the traps. In a way, I guess that's good. We ought to walk circumspectly. But if our whole focus is on the traps or the possibilities of traps, we'll lose our focus on the Lord completely. And against, again, his answer is what we just discussed. The Lord is there. He knows our path. Amen? He knows where the traps are. <coughs> we just need to be led by him. and He'll guide us through. I remember hearing a story from a Marine who came back from Iraq. 
about the need to be careful when walking through an open field as many landmines had been planted by ISIS. A team would go out and sweep for landmines and then lead the convoy through safely. And they only needed to trust that the team uh, would lead them through safely. They needed to just trust they knew what they were doing and go. And the Lord knows where these traps are. And because he knows our path. And we just need to trust him. So he was overwhelmed was a lie. He, was, he would be caught was a lie. Uh, he was alone, let her see. And that was a lie. Verse 4, first part of verse 4, he says, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. David looked to his right and he saw no man and he felt like he was alone. But God was there. He needed no one else. And we often can believe the lies that we're alone, but we're not. And David knew the verse, uh, verses like Deuteronomy 31.6 where God said, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. He knew Deuteronomy 31.8, where it says, The Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. He knew of Joshua 1.9, where it says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. He knew these verses. We know more. Like Matthew 28, 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Or Isaiah 41, 10, which was written after the time of David. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. David himself wrote Psalm 23, 1. Many believe in his youth. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's going to lead us. We're told over and over and over again throughout Scripture that we're not alone. So don't believe Satan's lies. You're not alone. He was overwhelmed. He, was caught. he would be caught. He was alone. Letter D, he was exposed. Next part of that verse says, refuge failed me. A refuge is a place to escape or a place to fly to, a location of safety. And David says his refuge failed him, and he's no doubt speaking of the place he tried to go. First, to God's house and Nob, or at least where the priests were, a place of safety. Then he tried the enemy of his enemy in Gad, and but found no refuge there either. Now he feels that he has nowhere else to go. The places of refuge that he knew of failed him. We may be tempted to believe the lie that we have nowhere to go for safety. But it's not true. God will provide. We have a church, the house of God, where we can come and fellowship and get the edification and care that we need from one another. We have a sacred place of prayer, whether in the church or in our closet at home alone with God. God will provide a place of refuge and Especially since he is our refuge, amen? Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's very present, amen? Deuteronomy 33.27 says, The eternal God is thy refuge. The underneath are the everlasting arms. Boy, what a great phrase, amen? And he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say, destroy them. 
Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. We'll always find a place to run in the Lord. Amen? We'll always find a place of safety. And then letter E, the fifth lie of discouragement brought, is that he was unloved. He was unloved. He says, No man cared for my soul. David believed that not only was he alone, but there was not a man who cared for him. He would soon find out that was definitely not true. And we'll see that in a minute. But we're always loved. We're loved by God. We're loved by our family. We're loved by our friends. We're loved by our church. And I know one thing for sure, you're loved by your pastor. There's always people that love you. Don't believe the lies of Satan. And the lies of discouragement. Instead, look to Roman numeral two, the Lord of deliverance. The Lord of deliverance. David realized the lies of discouragement, and he said in verse number five, I cried unto thee, O Lord. And what did he find in the Lord? He found that he was, first of all, his refuge. What he had just been seeking. He turned to the Lord, and all of a sudden he finds his refuge. Amen. Verse five, uh, second part of verse five says, I said, Thou art my refuge. A different Hebrew word than verse 4, by the way, but it generally means the same thing. This word means a shelter, a place of safety, a protection. David comes to the truth. The Lord is his refuge, his place of safety, his protection. He doesn't need to fear. During an earthquake a few years ago, and the inhabitants of a small village were very alarmed. Uh, one old woman, who they all knew, was surprisingly calm and joyous. At length, one of them said to her, Mother, are you not afraid? No, she replied, I rejoice to know that I have a God who can shake the world. <laughs> Amen. Instead of looking at the danger we perceive, how about we just rejoice in the fact that God is so strong? Amen. Everyone is always afraid of what they don't face. <laughs> you know, those who grow up with tornadoes think nothing of them. Uh, those who grow up with earthquakes think they're fun. Okay. And people out here... Uh, terrified of earthquakes, uh, but give them a tornado any day. I can handle that. You know, and people out, out in California, earthquake, pfft, no big deal. Uh, but just don't give me a tornado. That, whatever you do, don't give me that. But the thing is, when we find and have God as our refuge, we can face anything that he allows in our life. Amen? David found that God was his refuge. Second of all, he found out that he was his portion. Continuing in that verse, he says, Am I portion in the land of the living? <clears throat> the portion in the Old Testament often spoke of the Israelites' inheritance of the land. Their portion was the part of the promised land given to their tribe. In poetic language, it speaks of God being our source of blessings. It's what fed them. It's what gave them shelter. It's what gave them a place to call their own. And he's the one who can give us life and the blessings that help us in this life. And David says that God is his portion in the land of the living. He recognized that God is the one who gave him life and kept him living. His life, his safety, his very continuance was in the hand of God. And God has appointed for every man a time for every man to die. Hebrews 9.27 tells us that it is appointed unto men once to die. <clears throat> but after this, the judgment. God knows the time and day when we'll die. Amen? 
there's no point in fearing or fretting. And this is, if this is my time to die, there's nothing I can do to stop it. If it's not my time to die, then there's nothing I can do to make it happen. <laughs> Amen? And just trust in the Lord. And David found that God was his refuge and portion. Then David, uh, I was going to say before I move on to the next point, I was, uh, heard about a man, uh, read a, uh, no, I think a friend told me, uh, a guy uh, decided he was going to uh, kill himself and, and he was going to commit suicide. And this is a true story. And uh, he went into his garage and tied a noose to the rafters and jumped off, but the noose broke, or the rafters broke. Uh, and uh, it, was a, it was a pipe, that's what it was. The pipe broke and just started flooding everywhere and stuff. And he was so distraught, he went out to the bathroom and took a bunch of pills. And uh, he, he sat there for a minute, but he got really sick and everything, and all of a sudden he started throwing up all the pills and everything. And he, he was still a little bit groggy, and so he went out and he uh, hailed a cab. And uh, he got into the cab and decided, you know what, I'm just going to wait till he gets onto the freeway and I'm going to jump out and uh, kill myself. And uh, so he uh, waited for a while and then jumped out. The only thing was, beginning his hazy, uh, what, what was going on with it because of the medications and stuff, he didn't realize that he wasn't on the freeway. In fact, he was, they were stopping at a stoplight. And he fell out onto the curb and broke his wrist. And uh, they called an ambulance and took him to the, to the, uh, to, by ambulance to the hospital. No matter what he tried, he couldn't kill himself, you know. Uh, God knows what his time and what his plan is. Uh, we just need to trust in him and stop trying to, to worry and fret. And let her see, we see that the, he found that the Lord of deliverance was his encourager. David said, attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. And David was at a low point in his life. He had never faced anything quite this bad before. And David was running from his enemy, an enemy he had tried to help. And uh, God had blessed him, and Saul was jealous. And David was tired of running. And everywhere he went, he couldn't find safety. But David knew that in his lowest place, God would lift him up. And Jesus told us, we'll face tribulation, but he said, don't despair. John 16, says, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. And God will lift us up if we'll just yield to him and follow him. Isaiah 41, 10 says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. If we just pray and bring our concerns to Christ, <coughs> he'll give us peace. He'll guard our hearts and our minds <coughs> from the lies of discouragement. He says, uh, it tells us not to be anxious in it all. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be careful for nothing, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God will keep us. And David learned that God was his refuge. He learned that he was his portion. He learned that he was his encourager. And he learned that God was his protector. He says, deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. And David learned that God could protect him and deliver him from those who were stronger. Because God was even stronger yet. Amen. He was 
He has promised to protect us, even to use his angels to help us. So Psalm 91.11 says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. And speaking of angels, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 1.14, speaking of angels, he said, Are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? They're ministers to those who are saved. Read of a Norwegian missionary, Marie Monson, who served in China during the 1950s. She testified to the intervention of angels when Christians were, the Christians there were in great danger. They had taken refuge in the mission compound only to be surrounded by looting soldiers. They were astonished to find that they left in peace. A few days later, the hostile men explained that they were ready to break down the flimsy walls uh, 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 when they noticed tall soldiers with shining faces on a high roof in the compound. Marie Monson wrote, the heathens saw them. It was a testimony to them, but they were invisible to us. And God knows what's going on. He can protect us. He'll even use angels to take care of it. Many other stories have been told, just like that one, where it's obvious that God sent his angels to intercede and protect. God is our protector. Even just speaking the name of Jesus out loud seems to calm the storms inside our hearts. Proverbs 18.10 tells us the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Just the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. David learned that God was his refuge and his portion and his encourager, his protector. And then he learned that God was his liberator. <coughs> Verse 7, he says, bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. And David's soul was in prison of doubt and discouragement, but God brought his soul out and liberated him. The result that I may praise him. Amen. We see in 1 Samuel 22 what the Lord did for him and the story of where this psalm was written. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1 says, David thence, therefore departed thence, and he was leaving Gath after he had to pretend to be crazy. And he said, he departed thence and escaped to the cave Agilom. And when his brothers, brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And David soon learned he was definitely not alone, amen? Especially a big family like David had, okay? Uh, there in the cave of Agilom, his family came to be with him. All that was in his father's house, the Bible says. We learned that this included his mother and father and brothers. And once, uh, once encouraged, David found a safe place for his family to be kept safe. And uh, verses 3 and 4 of that chapter says, And David went thence to Mizpah of Moab, and he said unto the king of Moab, Let my father and my mother, I pray thee, come forth and be with thee, be with you, till I know what God will do for me. And he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelled with him all the while that David was in the hold. Uh, and so uh, they came and they encouraged him. He wasn't alone, but he still wasn't alone even after his family. Uh, he found a safe place for his family. We see in verse number 2 where it says, And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. And he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. We learned that God sent about 400 men, ones that were in distress, in debt, and discontented. <laughs> Sounds like the ones God sends to our churches. Amen. <laughs> uh, I remember when I was uh, first teaching in Christian school, my dad was the assistant pastor of the church where we worked. And he and the pastor would gather for prayer together and in the pastor's office and pray for the church. 
And the pastor made the comment, why does God only send us people with problems? Can't we get some normal people? And my dad told him, he said, what would normal people need us for? Amen? The church isn't a museum where we showcase our goodness. It's a hospital where those who are still healing themselves turn and help those who are hurting. And David found his band of men during one of his most discouraging times of his life. These men loved David, and upon hearing David say that he longed to have a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem they, that's by the gate, they were willing to risk death just to try to bring him a drink of water from that well. That's loyalty and love, amen? David wasn't alone. And David answered his cry. And God has sent us, at least at first, away from our family, my wife and I. And now he's brought some of them to us. But God has sent us to people who love us, and we love them. In times of discouragement, you've been a help. A card, a note, a smile, a hug, a gift, all kinds of different things. And God sends what we need. But we must turn to him in times of need, amen? The righteous shall compass me about, this last verse says. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Well, I feel like that psalm was written for me, amen? The Lord has dealt bountifully with me, and we're so blessed. Well, let's take some prayer requests. I forget, William, I forgot to grab one of those prayer request sheets, if you could bring me one. I remember today.